out, we'll come out, we'll come to play. Just for recreation's sake to pass the time away. Lots of fun, heaps of fun, enjoy yourself today. North Melbourne boys are hard to beat when they come out to play. So join in the chorus, sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. Hello and welcome to the Stern Look. I'm Kangaroos Forever. For today's show, we have Philly Root and Quivera. Welcome, gentlemen. Good evening, guys. G'day, boys. How are we? Good, mate. Good. I've decided to can the Ramble Rampage for this week. Sorry, June 80, because we naturally bag out during us anyway throughout the show. So we'll move straight into the issues of the week. So the first issue of the week is the MRP and the banning of Kobe Stevens and Jared Waite with supposed dangerous tackles. Furthermore, Nathan Burke made comments about Lance Franklin not getting banned. And his comments were basically that the reason he wasn't banned was because of the outrage at Wolf ensured if he was not banned. If he was banned for two weeks. Philly, what is your opinion on the ban and the state of the MRP in this instance? I mean, I thought the Jared White one was I didn't even think they'd mention it. It wasn't a free kick at the time. I don't even think it was a sling tackle. I think no. Lynch was in, in the process of kicking. He had one arm pinned. But if you don't have both arm pin, both arms pinned, you're able to protect yourself. The way that Lynch could have protected himself is he could have let the ball go and put his hand down and break his fall. Lynch was attempting to kick a goal. Wait tackled him in one motion and brought him to ground. And... Unfortunately, his head hit the ground, but he contributed to the, the going to ground action. I think at least as much as what Wake did. Um, the fact that he's he's got a, a soft head in inverted commas and he's he suffered by concussions before probably contributed to the fact that that they didn't bring him back on and the state of the game. Also, if it had been close, I wondered if he had a, if he had have come back on and then Wake wouldn't have wouldn't have got a week. But in my mind, the, the crouch on Atley. And the Walker on Hanson was it? Yeah. Was it? Was probably both those tackles were probably more aggressive and more in tune with what a sling tackle actually is than what the what the Jared Waite one was. And again, I think it's a massive issue that they're facing all the time, where they're adjudicating these things on on the resultant uh, issue with the player. I mean, Cunnington got missed a week of football because in that preseason game at Arden Street, the, the knee hit the guys just above the eyebrow and, he, and his head got split open. But in it, we've seen heaps of times since then where the exact same things happened, but there hasn't been a cut. And so there has been no suspension. I, I, I find it really difficult to, to, to come to terms with the fact that they're, they're suspending people because of what happens rather than what, what the action was. And I, I think it's, it's wrong and um, it's really frustrating, especially seeing as, Wadey was out for so long and then he comes back and plays the way he did on the weekend. It ruins his momentum. It ruins our momentum. And and I'm annoyed with the club again for not for not challenging it. I know that it's probably set up in a way that it's really difficult to win, but I, I think they had to on this one. And, and if he misses next week, well, who we, we play next week, we play Melbourne at the G, do we? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'm okay if he misses next week as well in that case because I think we we need to make a stand against these horrible, horrible decisions. Yeah. Quiv, your thoughts? Um, can't really add too much more to what um, Philly just said. Uh, it's obvious. I think it's extremely ridiculous that players are getting suspended for like, stuff like that, especially when uh, the person being tackled contributes uh, just as much to it um, as the actual tackler, as Philly touched on, Lynch was trying to kick the ball. He he wasn't trying to protect himself at all. Um, I don't know what else you can expect Jared Waite or anybody in that situation. And he to was do. swinging around Quiv too. That was the other thing. He he was trying to kick the ball back the other way. So he yeah. was throwing his body sideways to do it. I mean, yeah. and- they they expect these players to make these split second decisions. Uh, the media seems to think they've got 10 minutes to f- fully digest the situation and what's going to happen and weigh up all the options. They don't. They've got a split second to weigh these options. It's getting to the point where you've almost got to wait for the player to get the ball, get into a nice, safe position, and then lay the tackle and then hope that he doesn't kick a goal because he waited. It's 
Toilet. Unlike the other one I read was, someone commented it was really smart, whoever said it. How do you know? How, how do you ascertain the right amount of force to use when the person that you're tackling is resisting that force? Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're trying to tackle someone and they're hell-bent on not allowing you to bring them to ground or not allowing you them to hold you still and you're fighting the other way, at, at what point do you, do you – do you not hold that tackle because, or do you not bring them to ground and, and allow them to walk out of your tackle and kick your goal? Funny you mentioned that. Do not bring them to ground. Um, I don't know if you're listening to SEN on the way home tonight. Is this the Mark Robinson thing? Mark Robinson was seriously discussing bringing in a rule where you do not tackle a player to the ground. Yeah, the guy's yeah. a peanut, mate. He shouldn't have <laughs> had too many beers today. The thing is, the Ox was not necessarily fully on board. But he wasn't arguing it much either. They were all kind of like, yeah, let's let's think about this a bit more and see what we can do. Um, so don't be surprised with the influence the media seems to have in everything to do with the AFL that next JLT series we are trialling a tackle rule where you are not allowed to tackle the player to the ground at risk of causing some minor injury. Well, what this fat, drunk peanut has failed to actually think about is that <laughs> What that basically means is if any player was getting tackled, he could just drop his knees and fall to the ground and win a free kick. Yeah. Because how are you then going to adjudicate that he's contributed to going to ground as opposed to the person that's tackling him? The, the game would immediately be ruined for the rest of time. Without a doubt. Um, and that's that's exactly what he is. He's just fat drunk and just he's not thinking about football at all. Um I don't know what these guys think half the time. It's just baffling some of the things I mean, that come I, out and of their I, mouth. I understand the concussion thing. I mean, I, as I think I say it pretty much every time I'm on here, I should start the show with it every time. I follow <laughs> the NFL, and I and I, I know what what concussion has done over there, and and the impact that it's had. The the the, the people. I mean, players over there are killing themselves all the time, and there's huge amounts of of money being lost and paid out. And, and I get that the AFL is, is very, very much in tune with, with what's happening there. But it can't, it can't be that if the guy is holding the ball and he's swinging around to kick it and he goes to ground and hits his head on the ground, even though he had a free arm to stop himself from hitting the ground, but chooses not to be kicking the goal is more important to him at that time, that the player that's involved in that can get suspended. It's just, it's asinine and it, it annoys all of us. It really does. Hmm. Are the rules written to ensure a certain image and that you can't challenge them on the inconsistency in terms of the NRP? Or is it, what's the go with that? Oh, yeah, you're probably right. When's the last time someone challenged one? It's, it, well, it hasn't made one yet this year. The biggest problem with the MRP is they reward you for admitting guilt. Even if you're not guilty in, in terms of this, I guess, um, you don't have a choice. You either risk getting even more weeks or you just got to accept it. They, they bend you over. You, you can't fight it um, unless you've got 100% certainty that you're going to get off it. And you don't go to the MRP if you've got a 100% chance of getting off or the tribunal. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, a couple of things on that. I, I think the tribunal makes great drama. I mean, I, I would imagine that if they televised tribunal oh, hearings, without a doubt. there would be a crap load of us that would be tuned. I mean, if, imagine if we had to challenge that and or imagine the North Melbourne people alone that would have been watching that or the football yeah. world that would have been watching that to see what would happen because this is going to change the game. Same as Jack's bump on, on Cloak. If that had gone to the tribunal and that one was challenged and, and was spoken about, I think it would have made, a, made it for big TV. But the other thing I've, I've got issue with is it's funny that we say this this week, but really the cheap shots have gone out of the game. No one really does them except for LT last week, but no one really does the cheap shot thing anymore. And that's what, yeah, I gotcha. But that's (laughs) what suspension should be for, for those ones. I agree. I don't know. Why are we suspending people for tackling? Why are we suspending people for accidents? Accidents Accidents should be, do you know what? Give them a fine. And I give them a big fine. I don't care. But players shouldn't be missing games for something so inconsequential as a tackle that was in St Kilda Blokes' case, won a free kick, and in our one's case, it was called play on by the umpire that was standing right there. Like yeah. that's That should then not be a suspension. If it's going to be a, a $5,000 fine or a 
you know, if it's something that's really bad, a $10,000 fine. But, I mean, again, in the NFL, you've got to do something really bad and you've got to do it over and over and over again to get a one-week suspension. You, it's just They just hand out fines for everything, which is fine because they're getting paid a lot of money, but they're not going to... They're not going to disadvantage the, the fans. And, I mean, the other thing, too, Wade knocked Lynch out of the game, right? Or, or so they say. But Adelaide don't get any benefit from Gerald Wade getting suspended because we don't play him again. So what's the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the upside of suspending Gerald Wade? Is it, is it meant to stop people from tackling? Because that's not going to happen. It's uh, anyway. I've probably spoken for long enough on it. It really makes me makes me angry. Grinds your gears. Grinds your goat. It does grind my goat. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a shout out to Nate. <laughs> Thanks, oh, Nate. <laughs> right, Nick. The second and less probably less important issue is the upcoming Shanghai game between the Gold Coast Suns and Port Adelaide Pufferfish. In addition, the Saints are looking at hosting future games in Auckland. Now, Quiv, is the AFL Saints and Port just wasting their time and resources, or are the expansions worth the investment? Um, of course, they're wasting their time. It's never going to be big in either of those countries. It's never going to be big outside of Australia. The game's just too complicated to follow unless you've grown up on it. Um Port Adelaide are making a mint off of it this year, and I assume the AFL are making a mint off this China deal, but that's going to dry up eventually. That's not going to, you know, next year it'll be less, and by the third year it's probably going to be over. Um, it's just a giant waste of time. It's a quick money grab, that's all it is. Well, the funny thing is, I've discussed this on the main board podcast, apparently in terms of TV rights in China, there's only going to be highlights shown and that's it. Yeah, well, I was actually shocked to read that this week. That is not, it's not being streamed live anywhere. Now, um, I don't know if that's because nobody wanted to do it or I reckon the big issue would be AFL asking for a lot of money to do it. Um, now, it baffles me if they're trying to grow the game, which is their claim, in other nations. Why not give it away for free? There's 10 billion people in China. If you get... You know, a small percentage of them watching it, that's, that's, that can only be a good thing. So, um, yeah, I just see it as a quick money grab. It's not going to be a permanent thing. In five years' time, we won't even be talking about it. And um, Port Adelaide will be back to irrelevancy. <laughs> it just seems ridiculous to me that the AFL is always on top of these broadcast deals, yet they've got nothing for this. It just It's beyond stupid. It really is just a money grab. Yeah, it's, you got to wonder, because Gill's apparently some master negotiator. Um, how, how do you not get a deal for this apparently giant game that's happening next week, or this week, by the way, and if you read the media, nobody even knows about it over there. Um, it's going to be an interesting thing to see how it all pans out, but I don't see it being very, very good at all. Mm. The only interest I have is that I thought it was really funny that the Gold Coast refused to wear their alternate strip because they wanted to wear the Chinese colours. I love and, it. <laughs> and it really upset Koshi. So that, the only interest yeah. I have is that I hope the Gold Coast wear their home strip. I, don't, I haven't read anywhere whether they're actually going to or not. They are. And, then, and as a follow-up to that, I hope all the fans there that do go, there probably won't be many, but the ones that do go, I hope they all buy Gold Coast jerseys just to piss off Koshi. Well, apparently apparently it's sold out. Now, um, whether or not yeah. sold out means they've given all the tickets away or there's a whole lot of port supporters flying over because it's only a small stadium. It only holds like 10K or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I... <laughs> I hope Gold Coast win. <laughs> yeah, funny. Um, that'd be great. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, one thing's certain, Gold Coast won't be there next year. Koshi's not going to let that happen because they're not going to wear their coat, uh, their colours, so it's going to be interesting because no club wants enough. to go. Yeah, what club would want to uh, do it? I've got no doubt the AFL stepped into the Gold Coast, seeing as the Gold Coast are owned by the AFL, if they like to admit it or not. Um, and said, you're going to go up here if you like it or not. Um, North Shore shit won't go. 
I don't see Richmond, Collingwood, or anybody else going. I, and the fact that they want the opposition to give up their home game, and yeah. they have full home game rights, other than a jumper in this case, it's just absolutely crazy. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's ridiculous. Uh, anyway, bloody Koshy. Now, thumbs up, thumbs down. So, I'll start off. My first thumbs up is the form of Mason Wood. And my second thumbs up is, once again, Essendon losing quite badly. My first thumbs down is, obviously, the suspensions to Waite and also Lindsay. I'm more disappointed for Lindsay's actions than anything. And my second thumbs down is probably Nathan Burke's justification of the weight suspension and Lance Franklin getting off effectively scot-free. What are your thumbs up and down, Philly? Uh, thumbs up is <laughs> it's just a game last week. I mean, I, I could sit here and tell you all the players have played well, but I, I think the fact that we played so well, even though we were, we were still missing a few, there's a lot of good players to come back into that side. I mean, Garner and Simkin and... Sammy Wright and Ben Jacobs and I mean all those players come in and, and make us immediately better so I think it's, it's great to see that we could win so well without them uh, the other thumbs up would be that uh, the, the ins for this week I really like the ins hopefully uh, Fishy Mullet gets back in because I think he's having a cracking year except for the game he missed last week and my thumbs down is that the AFL scheduling continually putting North Melbourne on Mother's Day. It feels like, I don't know whether it's just my head that says it, but it feels like we play every Mother's Day. and it's, uh, We do. It makes life bloody hard. It really does. But um, every year we've got to try to sell it to the to our loved ones as in it's a good idea to go to the footy even though they probably don't want to. Well, but, it is um, half price this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just... It it's, a, it's a tough one to get to, and the crowd will be shit, and no doubt Monday night, Caro's arrow will be pointed fairly and squarely at North Melbourne for not getting a crowd. But Yeah, shit day to have it against an interstate team. It's stacked against us. Mm. And it's a shit time slot. I mean, my family are in Warrnambool, and, I mean, they if it had been any other time slot this weekend, they would have come up for the game. But Sunday night, I mean, you've got to drive four hours home. Yeah, it's horrible. It's, uh, it's 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 just a really shit time. I'm sure it's good for TV and all those sorts of things, and I get it, but um, it's it's not great for uh, especially on Mother's Day as well. It's not a great time slot, so that would be my thumbs down. Thanks for that, Philly. Quiv. Um, big thumbs up, obviously, to the game. It went the exact opposite way to what I expected, and I've been riding that high all week, which has been great. You sure um, that wasn't something else? <laughs> no, no, I'm positive <laughs> it is just the game. <laughs> just the game. Um, uh, negatives. Um, don't really have a negative other than obviously we've already been discussing it, the, the MRP and its silly rules, so I won't go into that again. Um, I'm, a, I'm a pretty happy boy this week again, so no negatives for me. Oh, interesting. Fair enough. Right, we'll move straight <laughs> on to club discussion. Then he's normally quite... He is quite positive all the time, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Go on, talk about, talk about the fridge magnets. Go on, bud. Fridge magnets? Well, it's still there, and it's still cardboard, and it's still flimsy as shit. I'm surprised there it There we go. <laughs> uh, oh, dear. Everything's right again in the world. <laughs> oh, dear. Righto, club discussion time. So, starting off with contract news. And Sam Durden is signed on for another two years, which is fantastic. And just highlights the positive culture at the club. And moving on to bigger news. And there is currently a proposition being looked at by the Victorian government to expand the Arden Street area to include a number of new facilities as part of a wider development of the North Melbourne area of the next well, few years to decades. What are your views on the proposed expansion, Philly? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I guess the, the first bit of news we got about this was that um, we were going to be a standalone VFL team, and, and obviously we've, we've been very vocal in our want and need to have a, a woman's franchise given to us. So um, I, th- I think the, the development looked really good, and, mate, I love going to Arden Street. It's a... It's like our little mecca, isn't it? Like we, we go there and it, and it, and it's got a lot of memories and a lot of a uh, lot of history behind it. So the fact that it's so close to the city, it's going to have its own underground train station and uh, and all those other 
bits and bobs that it's, that it's going to create and a lot of jobs. And I think I think it's brilliant. I mean, hopefully it doesn't look like the, the federal government, I watched the news tonight, it doesn't look like the federal government is sending much money Victoria's way. So uh, that that's not going to help. So maybe next election we all vote for Bill because he's a Victorian. He might throw some money our way. But I, yeah, I, I think it's, it's brilliant, and um, it can it can only be really good for the club, and it can only, you know, in this in this time when we're trying to recruit some some really big fish in Dusty and Josh, that uh, you know they, they'll see this stuff in the news and see what we're what we're looking to do and what we're trying to create, and you know we're really the inner city club now. I mean, Footscray are off to Ballarat and spending all their time there, and and Hawthorne are moving out to Dingley, and you know Carlton are. Carlton, they're just shit. So I think it's, um, you know, Coll- Collingwood obviously have a really good base where, where, where they are, but, you know, a lot of people love to hate Collingwood as well. And, you know, if we if we get some, you know, if we get Dusty and Josh and we start playing good footy and then we, we get this thing built at Arden Street, you know, at, at, our club's looking pretty good. Like from where we were not that long ago and, you know, we all thought we were probably going to lose our club to, to where we are now and, and the heart, it shows the hard work that, that a lot of people have done to keep us afloat. So yeah, mate, it's it's it, there's nothing bad about what they've proposed at all. Fair enough. Anything to add quickly, Quiff? Yeah, I'm going to disagree with uh, Philly there. There's one thing bad, and that's the lack of a tunnel to Etihad from Arden Street <laughs> via the station. Other than that, <laughs> I, I couldn't be more happier with it. Uh, still a long way to go. Uh, so what do you want? You want a direct tunnel from one to the other? Exactly. Well, we can't have 40,000 like, North members walking from Arden Street after a VFL game, crowding the like, streets to Etihad. Like Gummy Bear style? Well, whatever needs to be done. Yeah, Gummy Bear style will do. We just okay. need okay. need to get there. Um, if we could organise, if we somehow get a tunnel in there, all the way so to the stadium. Is the, is the new, train, new train line doesn't get that done for you? Well, no. You've got to, it's so much easier for 40k people just to walk directly under the city from Arden Street to Idiot Stadium. Yeah, it's a... Mate, it's I'm going to have, have, have a gut full of beer in me by then. I don't know, I'll be walking anywhere. <laughs> well, well, maybe if we've got... Maybe, I don't know, if we've got even more money... We can by the way, could, could, you, could you imagine if we were getting 40,000 where VFL games at Arden Street? How amazing <laughs> would that be? I'm, I'm obviously a bit of an optimist. Um, yeah, <laughs> pretty <laughs> sweet, though. <laughs> Unbelievable. Jeez, he's on the happy pills tonight. No doubt about him. Jeez, oh, he should drink every podcast. Righto. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll, straight... <laughs> well, while we're talking about VFL, so I've got notes from Nate Seven, so you have to excuse some of his writing. So I'll just read for him right now. So, Matt Hansen clearly shows he's too good for the VFL. Will Ford money featured in the Werribee report best purely because of his stats, but he was nowhere near being in the best. He did have an okay game. Nielsen was excellent all day and should come into seniors' contention later on in the season. Mountford, as above, plus his work at both ends, provides numerous options for where he could play when back in the seniors. Braden Pruce has proved that you don't need Essendon-type drugs to be massive. <laughs> Great Gatsby likes this. To rack up his numbers shows he has some endurance and to be consistently effective all day is a massive factor when looking at future ruck-forward combos. Nick Larky had a very good game with four goals. He should come into consideration at some point. LT, Lindsay Thomas had a poor day even by his standards and topped off with that moment. Seen the instant 50 metres away, I knew he'd get weeks off, but I didn't think it'd be as high as three weeks. And the upcoming game is Werribee versus Collingwood at Wangata on Saturday. So we'll move straight on to questions for this week. And thanks for the notes, Nate. So in terms of questions, Philly, how long before a few AFL clubs enter into a Super League type arrangement, like the NRL did, away from the NRL, away from the AFL, because yeah. of the AFL's conduct? How far away? Probably it's never. I would say. I think the fact that our our competition's really healthy, that our players are paid really well, that we're we're getting bigger crowds than than we've ever got before. Uh, membership at pretty much every club is is way up through the roof. It seems that more clubs are 
are profitable now, even though that a lot of them are profitable through through gaming machines, but nonetheless they are profitable. Uh, the, the AFL has bought Eddie Had, and that you know playing games there will will be more profitable for clubs than what it's ever been before. I, I don't see why any club would look at doing a Super League like thing, and I don't get the question at all. Well, it is a Nate style question, so <laughs> we'll leave it at gotcha. that. Shout out to yep. Nate again. Now, Quiv, you were surprised, or were you surprised that the AFL took no action regarding Nathan Burke's comment about how the MRP grades issues and worries about public backlash prior to the MRP handing down sanctions? Um, am I surprised? No. The AFL kind of likes to put their head in the sand and ignore everything unless it's slapping them in the face. Um so, no, I don't see them mentioning it at all, ever. Fair mm. enough. Isn't that dodgy? You are going to say something? Oh, it's, a wonder, it's, a wonder, it's a wonder they don't get Bont in to, to make sure he's happy with any, with any tribunal <laughs> cases. I mean, it, it, it's beyond belief that they worry about the, uh, the backlash that will happen. And, and even more than that, it's, it's unbelievable that they, <laughs> they don't tick the boxes like they say they do. And instead go, well, it's Buddy. Can we really give him two? Nah, we'll, we'll downgrade that so we can get him to a fine. They, they're manipulating the process to get to the result that they want. And it, it, it drives me mental because what Lindsay Thomas did last year to little Lockie Hunter, you cannot tell me for a second than what Buddy did and what that little dog Cameron did to Sugar on the weekend were, were more forceful than what than what than what Lindsay did last year. I mean, Lindsay is trying to tackle a guy with the ball and gets him a little bit high and the guy goes down. But Buddy's jawed someone off the ball and Charlie Cameron has dead set hooked Sugar to the guts and dropped him. And, and Turner's tough. He was down for a minute trying to get his breath back. Yeah, and, it was and, a fair hit. It was a sucker punch, get, yeah. They both get bullshit fines. It, it, I, it, anyway, I've had I'll, enough of a crack about them. I'll go on now, though, actually. That, that's one thing that shits me. You get two weeks for a tackle that's part of the game, yep. but you're allowed to take hit shots like that Yep. Um, as many times as you want. I mean, you never see a player getting suspended for that. No, type, that type of shit, really not as hard as Cameron did, but those little gut punches are fine. And why is it all of a sudden okay to punch a bloke if you're holding their jumper? I'm going to tell you something else. I, I didn't go to Oz Kick on Saturday with my son, but I got at football on Sunday. One of the dads come up to me and goes, "Oh, just just so you know, at Oz Kick yesterday in the grid game at the end, Brady he punched a kid." I said, "He did what?" He goes, "Yeah, he he punched the punched the kid in the chest." I said, "Okay, yep." So I spoke to him after it. I said, "What happened, mate?" And he goes, "Oh, I, I missed a goal, and and the kid got in got in my grill and was and was getting into me, so so I just." I just whacked him. So why'd you do that? And he goes, well, it's what they do every weekend at the footy. So it's, they're teaching kids it's fine to punch someone, but it's, it's not okay to tackle someone in, within the rules of the game last year or, you know, the guys, you know, contributing to the tackle. But, but punching, punching an opponent is fine. It's not a problem. You're not going to get suspended if you punch someone off the ball. It, it, I don't it's unbelievable. It, it really, really is so unbelievable that those those two those two incidents off the ball, not in play, don't don't get sanctioned the way that, that other players do for things that happen during the game. I mean, Ben Cunnington misses a week because the guy dove into his freaking knee and hit his head. He misses a week of football. Lance Franklin winds up and smacks someone in the jaw and doesn't get a week. Please. Well, he did get put on his ass by a smaller bloke. That was satisfying. Yeah, didn't he shit himself though too? Oh, and he I can't coward. wait to see what Robbie Tarrant does to him. I can't wait to see what Robbie does to him. <laughs> he's the biggest Forks tough. He's an Andrew Mackey. No, he's he's an Andrew fork. Mackey. Forks tough. We should boy. be we should we should be careful though. We'll probably come out and some ten against us this week. Oh, it reminds me of um, Lockie Hanson trolling him with the water bottle a few a few years mm. back, <laughs> and he's just walking past and sprays him with the bottle, and he goes back to drinking it like nothing happened. <laughs> Uh, yeah, some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen. He, he's a, he is a master troll, Lockie Hanson. Did you see what he did with Taylor Walker? With Tex. Mate, how good has Lockie been, though? 
is um, people are still calling to drop him, aren't they? Like the week before last, anyway. Oh, people he's are still... awesome this year. He's been very good. Yeah, most most improved in terms of seniors. Yep, well, he's he's back to where he was, you know, four oh, years you, ago. You, you probably got a few in that conversation though. Like I reckon Kane Turner's improved. I reckon he's been awesome this year. I Luke McDonald. He's just had a consistent well run at it. With Kane Turner, yep. that was his only problem. He just didn't have a consistent run at it. Oh, he had a horror year last year. It was a horror. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get on to the review soon enough. We always do that. Anyway, Quiv. Now, the first quarter, everyone was gushing over that. And the question is, did you fail to enjoy it, having memories of last year's Melbourne's game? What was the difference from uh, then to now? <laughs> Uh, no, um, I, I didn't fail to enjoy it. I was in complete shock at what I was watching, um, and I was loving every second of it. In, in the back of my mind, I was still worried. We, we are North Melbourne. We do drop leads, and I was worried that Adelaide would chip away at it and chip away at it and eventually get over the line by a few points. But we held on, um, and we held on bloody well, and we ended up flogging the top team in the ladder. Uh, <laughs> no, I wasn't too worried at all. Fair enough. Next question, Philly. Was last week's game a flash in the pan kind of thing, or we're going to back it up? Well, I don't think it was a flash in the pan kind of thing. I reckon we've been playing pretty good footy. I mean, like I said last week, the, the Gold Coast win was, in my mind, the worst game for the year. But we've been playing really – the Bulldogs game was a ripping game of footy, and we played really well. But the Frio game, I thought we played really good footy. The – Geelong game, we played really well. I think we've been playing really well. We've just been a bit stiff, and, and maybe it takes a little bit of time for things to click. And we've also been missing Mason Wood. We've also been missing Jared Wake. Ben Brown's been doing it all on his own. I mean, if, if Wood and Wake play those other games, I, I think we would have won them. And we, we're probably, you know, four and two right now. And and then people are seriously talking about Brad Scott being the coach of the year. I mean, I. I don't think it was a flash in the pan. I mean, we, we're going to have some ups and downs, and, and this week could be a down, and next week could be an up, or it could be a down. I mean, I, I don't expect us to go undefeated and win every game by 10 goals, but I think that the style of play that we play is exciting, and I think we're well coached. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm up. I reckon we're, we've got really, really good times ahead. Fair enough. And the final question for anyone is, what's our plan B if we don't get Kelly or Martin? There is none. We're getting Kelly. We're getting Kelly and Martin. It's happening. Lock it in. It's over the line. We're going to get both of them, and we're going to laugh our asses all the way to premierships. It's going to be sick. Really? I'm going to laugh all the way, I'm going to laugh all the way to the Richmond board, but we'll see how we go. Oh. <laughs> we're getting them. We're going to get them both. Well, I've got no doubt we get Kelly, as I've said previously. Um, Martin, I'd love to get, and we'll just see how it plays out at the end of the year, I guess. Hmm. Oh, the thing that's going to make me most happy is that Richmond are going to be unable to match our offer for Martin because they got Dion Spud pressed here. <laughs> they yeah. broke the bank. They broke the bank to get him. Well, good luck with that, fellas. You enjoy it. Pick six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he wasn't worth yeah. that. He's <laughs> not worth that. And they're paying Rance big money. They're paying Rewalt big money. They're, there's no way they'll be able to compete with our deal. And and they might get a hometown discount, and that he might stay with them. I mean, they might be able to give him 800 while we're offering him 1.1. But And they, they, I think they've put five years on the table. We, you know, we put seven years on the table at 1.1 or something like that. Jeez, that's going to be hard to say no to. Yeah, and yeah without a doubt. And his best mate, Marley Williams, is there. We're getting Josh Kelly. We've got a young, exciting forward line. We can bring Aaron Edwards back if we need to. Yeah, he, can and he doesn't have to play little... inside either. Yeah, I just think it's... He, it's going to be so much fun. Imagine how many... I mean, our membership department will be just chomping at the bit. Like, imagine how easy it'll be to sell the club when we, we get those two and Mason Wood's going to have another year under his belt. And Taylor Garner. Prucy's going to come out and smash people. But the key to it, boys, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, don't trade GWS to get Kelly. Just don't do it. Let's dig our fucking heels... Oh, sorry. Let's di- dig our heels in. And, and just get him in the draft. Just do it. And if we piss off GWS, who cares? Because every other club will be applauding and, and they'll deal with us in the future. But if we keep giving GWS top-round picks 
for talent that wants to get out of their club. They're just going to keep being ridiculous to play against. We need to make a stand, get him in the draft. No one else can compete with the numbers that we've put forward. We'll get him anyway, even if our pick six or seven in that draft. Fair enough. Right, well, I'll review time, gentlemen. So, Phil, I know you've been waiting a week for this, so have at it. Well, I was actually, I don't know whether anyone else knows or cares, but I'm a late inclusion on tonight, and I really wanted to write a message to to K4 earlier in the week that I really want to be on to talk about this game. And and he didn't message me and I didn't message him and I thought oh, I've been I've been missed out here. But I got a message late today asking him if I'd like to be uh, like to be on because someone pulled the pin and geez I'm wrapped to be here boys. It's great. What a win. Like that the I can't even like the first quarter was unbelievable. But you know what? The second half was even better because they came a bit. They they showed a bit of fight and they so started getting a bit of a run on. But but we matched them. We ran away with it in the end. Like, we beat them up. We had more tackles than them, even though we had way more of the ball. Every time they got the ball, they got smashed. We were aggressive. We were nasty. We put our foot on their throat and pushed right down hard. And, look, Luke McDonald's game cannot be overstated with how good he was. He was hard. They could not tackle him. And if if that's his breakout game and that's what he knows he can do now, shit, we become a better side. Kane Turner was hard at it. I just, I was so wrapped in the performance. And like I said before, there's, there's still a lot of upside to come back into that side. And, and I love beating Adelaide. I've, we've had a, all of us can remember a lot of bad times losing to those scum when they knocked mm. us out last year, when they came back to us at Eddie Had. You know, like someone posted the other day when they beat us in that grand final and sang our song disrespectfully. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not a big rap on the Adelaide Football Club. I think they're, they're good and you know, I feel sorry for him what happened, you know, in the last couple of years. But um, I just felt really good to smash them. That round one defeat a couple of years ago hurt a lot too. I just think it's um, it's great to beat them up, and we had we seemed to really control it. I thought Carnington played a really important role, and it was it was great that he played a bad one and then come back with a real good one. Hopefully, you can play more good ones from now on. Just all over the park, Tarrant dominated. Hanson played a great game. We had lots of run. We we just looked like we were really up for it from the start, and um, it was it was really fun to watch. It was great. Quiz. Well, um, be harsh putting me after that. Um, I'm optimistic, but I can't be as enthusiastic as he is. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely incredible. He's mentioned Luke McDonald. One part. Of, stood out to me as Luke McDonald uh, arriving was there was one player, I think, in the third quarter. He got the ball in the back pocket. He handballed it off, and he sprinted up the wing to be another option. And he was running alongside the ball the whole time. I don't think he got it back, but he just kept on running and running and running. And it's it's just what we want our players to do, just, just keep going. And uh, That whole game, I can't think of anybody who really – did uh, didn't play well. It was just a, a brilliant team game, and I just hope that we can continue to ride that momentum into next week. And we've shown how good we can be when we're on, um, even with this list, which is which surprised me. Um, let's let's continue. Let's beat up on the Swans this week and we'll get our annual Melbourne win the week after. And then I think we've got the Tigers after that. So we're coming into a good period. Our hard part of the draw, which was extremely difficult, is is pretty much over. We've we've got a quite easy, not easy, but a reasonably good draw towards the end of the year. Um, so we should be able to sneak a few wings on the board. Exactly. I think quickly, though, too, we, 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 we would be remiss to not talk about two individuals that cop a lot of flack. And Sam Gibson is definitely one. He, his game on Sloan was Who? top Didn't see draw. Him. Didn't even know I he mean, was playing. How how good of a game is it to show? He he's favourite for the Brownlow, and like our coach said, he, he was he's probably the best midfielder in the comp, and he was unsighted to half time. I think he he ended up with eighteen disposals or something. That's been good. But they were nothing disposals. He never yeah. he, he, nothing he did was damaging in any way, and. And Gibbo's application to, to shut him down was, was brilliant. And the other one's our, our coach. I just think he's great, boys. He he has shown time and time again that he can lead this team to win in multiple ways. He he can he can win 
ugly and, and shut it down and make it a low-scoring affair or he can win in a shootout. He, he, the players, I don't know if anyone saw Luke McDonald's interview, he, the players love him. And that stupid thing about, the, was it a Facebook post or something saying that North Melbourne players wanted out because of bullying? Bullying, yeah. Fucking hell. Give me breath. I mean, the, the, the players clearly love him. He, he's definitely the man for me anyway, I think, to, uh, to lead this, this rebuild or reset or whatever the new way of saying it is. He, if, we, if, he, if we bring in Dusty Martin and Josh Kelly, mark it down, he's going to sign a three-year extension. It's going to happen. Because that a, a lot of the reason that those players are going to be coming, apart from getting paid a shitload of money, is because of the way that Brad Scott sells our club and the way that he, he presents our club. And it, I, just, I can't speak highly enough of him. I think he's fantastic. <laughs> I know Chris got probably a few counterpoints on that one. I'm just biting my tongue. <laughs> no, no, I, I can see tongue. where he's coming from, but he's got a lot to he's got a lot to do in my eyes. Fair enough. So, I'll ask you then, Quiv, is our style of play this year of using the corridor a bit more and high-pressure sustainable as a team strategy? Uh, I don't think... Is it really that different? We've always been a a fast-moving, or trying to be anyway, attacking team. Um, I don't really think it's that new. I think it's more that we've... Last week, especially, we finally clicked as a team and we know where the players are. We're still a bit, our forward line still needs a bit to get it be a bit better at um, being in the right spot at the right time. But for the most part, I think definitely we're, we're finally clicking. The game plan's sound enough. Um, we're, and we're fit. We've always been a reasonably fit team. Um, I think it's definitely sustainable. It's just whether the. The talent's there to sustain, I guess. Fair enough. And we also saw North kick. The kick to handball ratio was a bit different in terms of we kicked the ball a lot more. So, Philly, should we focus more on direct football than handballing to generate run from the back half and into the midfield? Or, as I said, more direct football? Yeah, I, I think we should. But probably a little bit of a product of that was I, I think we... Uh... We just beat up on Adelaide, and they dropped their heads a little bit a few times. And I and, think the uh, they, Yeah, they stopped chasing as well. I reckon. I reckon though, I, I didn't see. I saw their tackle numbers were really low, but they they didn't come to play. I mean, we might Sydney are a much more uh, how do I put it? Much more contested, much more in and under. I, I think this week our handballs will probably go up because you. If, if someone's bearing down on you, you're probably more likely to, to try to get a handball and set someone else free rather than, than being able to run and, and kick long. So I wouldn't be surprised if that came back a little bit. But the um, the direct footy when we've got Waite and Brown. Now, Brown, I don't know whether – after Jack almost killed Ben Brown on the weekend, he, he <laughs> literally became Ben, I'm going to bring the ball to ground Brown. Like he, he was going up with one hand. He was trying to flick the ball over the back. And he was brave as shit because I've got no doubt he was really, really sore from what, what Jack did to him. Yeah. But um, without weight this week, it's going to be important that if he's fit, he starts clunking some marks. But, um, yeah, I think if we can get the – when we're at full strength and we've got the, the four-line structure that we, we want, being direct and moving that ball quick in there is, is going to be good. I mean, we've got to remember too, Wagner was out of that game from, what, was he three or four minutes in? He was out. So we're That's pretty quick. The small forward that we brought in, it went out. So we're going to have Simpkin back in. You know, Lindsay Thomas is obviously uh, going to be out for for a while and he's going to have to do a lot to, to fight his way back into that side. Hopefully he can because yeah, I love him. But let's say that. Is he done? No, I don't think he's done. I mean, he's, he's signed for next year anyway. So, I, 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 you know what? Hopefully the, the team performs really well without him and he finds it difficult to force his way back in. I think that would be... That'd be great, and if, and if he can't force his way back in, then I think that that can only mean good things for the North Melbourne Football Club because that means that Simkin and Turner and Garner and Wagner, when he, even when he comes back, are obviously playing really good footy. I think LT's far too good for the VFL, and although he had a bad game this week before kicking three in the last quarter and knocking that young fella out, 
I think he's he's too good for that league. And I think if he stayed there, I think late, if he's still in the VFL three weeks after he gets back from his suspension, I think you'll find that he's dominating at that level and, he, and he'll probably force his way back in. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think he's done. Can he play in our team with that ridiculous moustache? I, I don't think a moustache stops you from playing good footy. I mean, Max Vaughan played with a ridiculous beard and was pretty good. <laughs> Oh, Philly was tongue in cheek. No, no, <laughs> no, no take no, it no. serious. No, I wasn't. I, I, I was right there with you. <laughs> oh no, he took that like kind his, of pretty serious. I like his mo. I like I like the mo and the the hair off to the side combo. I reckon he. He looks, he looks like Pablo Escobar, mate. <laughs> he does a bit look like Pablo Escobar. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I love Lindsay. You're going to struggle to get me to say a bad word about Lindsay. I, dude, I, I listened to the VFL game on uh, Cranburn Radio or whatever the bloody hell it is. And the, the com- I don't know whether you got, if anyone heard it, but the commentary was so funny about what Lindsay did. They're like, oh, he's just killed that bloke. What is Lindsay Thomas doing? It's the worst thing I've ever seen on a football field. He could get life. Like it, was, it wasn't quite like that. But the guy went right off. And I was like, and I put on Big Footy, it can't be that bad. Like, obviously, and, and someone that was there right now, nah, it was pretty bad. And so I, I was hanging out to see the footage of it. And yeah, it wasn't wasn't great. It wasn't a great moment for Lindsay, and you know he's got enough detractors out there that he doesn't need to to help them in any way. But sure enough, he he did, which is really disappointing. Mm. Right, guys. Anything final to add on the review? No, no. Just Brad Scott's a great coach. That's all I'd like to add. Mm. I'd just like to give a shout out to probably. Some unheralded jobs that people probably haven't noticed was the job on Brody Smith by Anderson. I think yep. that's his defensive running and work was it really went a long way to us winning. That and the Sloan job went a long way. And and the presence of mind to hand that up one off to Luke to kick the goal was, was really good as well. Yeah, so I'm glad. Hopefully he still stays in this week. He, sh- he should stay in this week. His numbers did improve as well. And as I said his defensive work was fantastic. We need that kind of leg speed around that half-forward line anyway. Mm-hmm. Righto, so we'll move straight on to the preview. So in terms of ins and outs, for North, Durden, Garner, Mountford, Mullet, Simkin are the ins. So we'll have to debate who is actually going to come in before Friday, and Wagner and Waite are the obvious outs. For Sydney, Newman. Newman. Rowan and, <laughs> and Tippett are the ins. I'd assume Tippett and maybe Rowan will be the ins. Newman probably won't get in. For I them, hope so, because so... they're both spuds. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> but Rowan tends to have a good game against us for some reason, looking at the carriages, which we'll get into a little <laughs> bit later. So who are the likely ins, guys? You go, Quiff. Well, it's one of interesting. I, th- I think um, Simpkins are definite, um, and I, I think Mother as well because he's been in some good form before he. What did he do? He broke his hand. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I don't know who who comes out. That's where I'm struggling. I think we, have, as I said earlier, the team had a really good game. Um, I, before last week, I would have said drop Atley, drop Anderson, drop, you know, those two guys in particular. There, but. They stood up last week, and I think it would be pretty harsh to drop either of them after having a good game, especially when um, you know, it's the first time in a while. How, you can't really punish them for that. and You've got to reward that in a way, and you've got to let them build some consistency. So uh, I don't know. Another part of me thinks, well, we just signed Sam Durden for another two years. Is that a sign of him being brought back into the team as well? It's... That's and, interesting. And then there's Garner. The only real one I, I don't see coming in is Mountford. Um, but who knows? It's yeah, it's really got me stumped. I don't think Durden comes in. I think I think Durden and Mountford are definitely uh, two that miss. I think Garner definitely comes in, and I'd like to think Simkin definitely comes in. And then I guess that Mullet's the the other one. But well, I, that points I'm, to I'm probably... with you. I don't know who goes out. Who goes well, out? Does... I would say Anderson out of that, then, if that's the case. I know I just gave a good rap, but... He would have been my first point guess as well, but... He did a good job, so very hard. And the Durden one throws a spanner in the works in the sense of, are we going to throw Hanson forward again? 
Is that what it is, or what are I we going to do? Uh, I like I like Hanson's role now, where he's he's doing both. I, I don't think he can play as a permanent forward for a whole game, but when he's switching between the two and just kind of throwing the opposition out, I, I like it. Well, um, Sydney's gone very tall with Franklin, Reed, and probably Tippett as well. So we do need those three genuine tours. So Thompson probably go to Reed in that instance. Hanson to probably Tippett. And could Franklin. could Vickers Willis be rested for say Mullet? He's been no. too good though. He has, he has. Uh, so I, mean, I just don't know. I mean, we've we bought five ins for only two guaranteed outs. It's, it's yeah, really... I, yeah. Again, I'd, I'd be I'd be really surprised if Dirds came in and and I'll. I mean, Mouthford's been from all reports playing really well in the VFL. But um, I'd say he he wouldn't come in. Probably. So who, who, I'd say Anderson. That's the only one I can really see. Who for for? So, for, so it'll be Sinkin, Mullet, and Garner. And the yeah. only other out will be Anderson. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind that. Because Anderson's been forced to play a bit of a small forward, half forward role, which he's not exactly suited to. But he's not getting the midfield mm-hmm. numbers to justify his position. I know he's been good, but if you're going to have Simpkin in the team, that's the way we're going to go. If Simpkin doesn't play, then Anderson will be still in. Can we see Brad Scott dropping Ryan Clark? Oh, you would, he had a bloody good game, though. It'd be harsh, but 19 disposals it's happened in the before. Goal. Yeah, but 19 disposals in the goals and some very good link-up play. Yeah, and I thought Clarkie was pretty good. Jeez, he runs good, doesn't he? They were blocking his right. run too, Adelaide. They were he, really he gets, fearful. He gets, the, he gets the ball real deep in defence, and then he's the one that get, he's the one that kicks the final ball, you into know, the deep yeah. into the forward line, and then he and then he's running in through the goal square as the ball goes through the post. Like he, <laughs> he's he's just a, he's a freak. I reckon he he's real good. We've got to keep him in there. And he was hard at the ball too, which was good to see. His defensive work was fantastic. Yeah. Yep, so we're happy with those ins and outs. Yeah, we're probably way wrong, but yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> let's, let's just presume that we're right. We're just going with probability here. There's not much we can do. So, mm. matchups, do you want to do that, Quiv? Yeah, um, so you'd expect Tarrant to go to Buddy. Um, uh, you'd think Tippett's going to spend a lot of time in the ruck, so probably Thompson to get him while he's wrestling down or playing down forward. And then swapping to uh, Naismith when Naismith's resting down in the forward line, which I'd imagine quite a lot. I think Tippett's probably their main ruckman, really. Uh, sorry. Uh, It'll be probably be Naismith will be their main ruck because he's only a proper ruck. He's not a real forward. That's a fair point, but he's not really a good ruckman, though, either, is he? Yeah, he's a very average ruckman, let's just say that. Yeah, so um, I think we'd probably what Chuck Gibson, hopefully smothers Kennedy. I'd imagine. Keep oh, I think you're going to Hanbury. Yeah, it'll be Hanbury because Hanbury is a Hanabry? small build, and he'll be easy to tag out. I get confused with Hanbury. Which one? One of them is not playing well at all. Is it Jack or is it Hanbury? Well, it's well both. I don't think either of them are playing that yeah, well. So it's Jack so... and it was Parker until last week. Parker had the shocker of a season up to this point. Mm. Zach I mean, they've got, they got a lot one. of guns in that midfield. There's still going to be an easy matchups in there, but I, yeah, I think if you shut down Hanbury, I think that's the that's the key. Hanbury, yeah. He's... Zach Jones is another one that's been playing not too bad um, this week. And he can get a he's he's a bit like his brother. He gets the ball and he can run with it. Mm. Um, so he'd be another one. He's not. He's not extremely damaging, but he can get quite a bit of the ball, so he'd be another one to watch out for. Um, Isaac Heaney, not too worried about him. He's a bit of a seagull. Um, I don't know, we don't really have... In my, from my view, I'm just looking at the teams for the first time now. I can't really see any real obvious matchups for who really cancels out who. Well, you know, it's a bit interesting. Probably Towers, Vickers, Willis... Probably be a matchup. I don't see McDonald playing in defence after that game. I'll say Atley will be pushed back for someone like Cunningham. 
Cunningham's playing up forward or Kiewit's playing up forward. I see Atley going up there in defence with Williams and Mullet. So the Mullet situation makes it interesting. I mean, do you know what? The weight, the weight out thing really hurts because they're missing Rampy. And mm. I would imagine that weight would get right off the chain against these blokes because Grundy, Grundy's got to play probably on Brown. So that would that would leave weight with, with no match up. They don't they don't have anyone that could have played on weight really. And Grundy's shot as well, which would have been great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a tough game. I mean I I know that they're right down in the uh, at the bottom end of it right now, but there's still some quality players there, and, and a lot of it's going to fall on the the Tarrant Franklin matchup, and also with the with some of the midfielder stuff. I mean Zebel and Cunnington and Dumont up against Parker, Hannabury and Jack. It's pretty bullish and, midfield. And yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a cracking game to watch. I think I'm really looking forward. Are you going, Quib, on Sunday, by the way? Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah awesome. I, I think it's it's going to be a ripping game to watch. And, and the Zach Jones, hopefully Zach Jones plays on Sean Atley, and they just run each other up and down the ground all day. I think that'll be that'll be fun to watch. And but yeah, I, I, hopefully when the final teams come in, we we get those three that we said because I think you know seeing Simpkin and and Turner and, and those boys running around and, and zipping around at, at Ben Brown's feet. If he can bring the ball to ground like he did last week, it'll be it'll be fun to watch. And, and Sean Higgins is a big one. I don't know how I don't know who they're going to play on him to shut him down. I think he he's our X factor on Sunday. I think they might he, send Cunningham to him. One. He tends to. Do you think? Yeah, he's their crab, so they usually send him to him. He's a fast what about crab. The, is there what about that Nick Smith guy? He he normally plays Nick Smith. on. on the best small yeah. forward, so he'll probably go to probably not Turner. Well, could he go to Higgins? Potentially, if Higgins is up forward, but Higgins has got a little bit too much bulk, I think, for someone like Nick Smith. He's got too much smarts for a Nick Smith. I would okay. say Nick Smith's very suited to knocking down Simpkin. on a player. Yeah, like a Simpkin yeah. or a Turner, he'd be very good on that. I don't see him going to Turner. Probably more Simpkin because Simpkin has the potential to kick two or three very quick ones. Turner will always just give you your one to two, no matter what or who you send to him. I mean, maybe maybe Gibbo does go to Heaney. Like you said, he's he's a pretty pure outside kind of player, Heaney. Um, the only thing I would be concerning there is I think Heaney's not too bad in the air, so that that could be a bit of a problem. But I mean, maybe the maybe the way the matchups work out that Scott Thompson takes Heaney when Heaney goes forward. And uh, if Heaney runs up in the middle, then Gibbo takes him, and we try to chop him right out of the game and, and trust our midfielders to go head to head with theirs because they're really they're, um, their midfielders, fail, you know, apart from Zach Jones, are, I wouldn't say they're quick by any stretch of the imagination, are they? I mean, Kennedy no. and Jack are, are slugs, and Hannabury, he runs all day and he's a great athlete, but he's not he's not sharp. Um, you know, I, I mean, th- this is really a week for Mason Wood to hopefully get off the chain and. and Kick a bag in uh, in Wade's absence, I'd say. Mm. So, how do you see the game playing out? Because I really see this as being a shootout because they've got Franklin Reed as well as Tippett coming in. I think they're going to try and make this try and stretch us somehow. If we can force I was ex- I was expecting the opposite. I was expecting like our uh, first Bulldogs game last season. Uh, it's going to be. Mm. A- Tough four game goals gonna be. We're gonna have to work very hard to get goals. Um, I don't think it's gonna be a high scoring game at all, especially Swans. They play defensive footy. I don't uh, know that they do as much anymore as they used to. I think you. Oh, it's not Paul Roos level defensive. No, yeah. but they there is still a heavy focus. As I suppose every team has a heavy focus on stopping the other team scoring goals, but. Mm. Um, yeah, I think with these two bullish midfields, it's the ball's not going to come out often. There's going to be a lot of ball ups. Yeah, I mean it's a ripping game on paper. I'm just looking at I'm looking at the the teams now, and I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, they, they've got some. I mean that that Mills is a good player. McVay's still a pretty good player. Lloyd's a good player. Reed's a good player. Cunningham's a good player. I mean they've got, they got wait a minute. Reed's a good player. Yeah, what? You lost me there. He's. He's not as bad as I, I think he's having a good year, isn't he? He had one good game. They're talking about him being shit. okay. Well, they're talking about him being one of the apart from Dusty. He's probably the biggest free agent available. Why? Like, I, I think he's okay. Pap, I think Papley's he's good to watch, and because Willis would be a great matchup for him. I think. I, 
I'm excited. I, I reckon it's it's going to be a, a bit of a belter, and hopefully we can uh, be awesome if we pulled an Adelaide on them and just shot out of the box and made the made the night nice and uh, comfortable and easy <laughs> for everyone in the crowd. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, it? it would be nice. <laughs> right. Mm. So moving on to Sam Carey, just nominees for the week. Ooh. Well, Matt, well, Reed's, is, is he yours? Oh, he's got to be. I did put him Rowan officially, but I just for this podcast, I'll do Reed. <laughs> what about, is Hewitt eligible? Is he part of yes. it? Yes. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Hewitt. Cliff? Yeah, I, I like Rowan. I reckon, I reckon he's a giant spud. And as he said, he does like to play against this. Fair enough. Mm. Anything to add before we finish up, fellas? Um, no, I think I think we're good. It's been it's been a good show, boys. Thank you. No worries. Thanks to Philiveru and Quiv for joining the show tonight. Not a problem at all. No problem, mate. Any time. No worries. And the podcast will be back next week. And thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen.